0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 312. Would you split a gold medal? Hey. Hey. In the on the <laughs> Watch out. Hello, Big Chillians. And welcome back to The Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joined with Eddie and Sam. Well, boys, football season is rapidly approaching, and we have the first Joe Judge acting like a high school coach in Friday Night Lights episode. Don't know if you saw that. Didn't well, see it. Well, on the first day of all pads practice, there was a full-team brawl, supposedly, between the first-team offense and the first-team defense where Evan Ingram, after the play, pushed a defensive player He was then completely blindsided by uh, Logan Ryan from behind and knocked down. And Daniel Jones jumped in and got into the melee. And when all things were settled, apparently Daniel Jones was at the very bottom of the pile, just getting beaten and thrown on by like offensive and defensive linemen. So Joe Judge had a mental breakdown, screamed at them for 15 minutes. Made them run hundred-yard sprints and push-ups until players were vomiting, and then screamed at them again for fifteen minutes, and then just walked off the practice field three hours before practice ended.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't handle it the way he has there, but I don't know what the good way to handle it is. The, the players themselves look worse out of that than he does.
0: Yeah, it's just I think will this mentality work at the professional level? Well, so far, no. When your name's not Bill Belichick.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows what Bill Belichick does because a lot of those kind of types of stories just don't come out. I guess Bill Belichick would argue that no one on his team would ever do that in the first place. So... <laughs> but,
0: yeah. So, So I guess the other question on that is does Daniel Jones get a little more respect for just getting in there and defending his teammates and not caring that he's the quarterback. No, he has to do that now.
1: I think you have to know when you're kind of dead man walking in the quarterback position. And the one thing that is going to save you maybe is people saying what a great guy you are. And not only for the job now with the giants, but fundamentally not that he'll be, have this mindset, but you'd also, it might be in the back of your mind at least that, I might end up being a career backup and the only way I'm being one of those really popular career backups is if people do think I'm good for the team and so if I show that I'm someone who gets involved and protects people, then that's a good thing to remind people later on.
2: You think he did this for like a career moment where no, there no. was like this sort for? I can just imagine him in his head, like there's a, there's a
1: future moment here in my life and I've got to make a choice. I mean, we have those, we have those moments, all of us, right? I'm not saying he consciously made that decision in the moment. However, I think it's a good look for him and it's the right thing for him to be doing. He just needs to be the great character guy now because it's unclear as to whether or not he'll ever be the great quarterback guy
0: are we looking at the next Fitzmagic went to Duke went to super smart, kind of quirky, maybe good person, good locker room guy. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, that's a huge compliment to Duke to put it on a, on a par with Harvard. I gotta say I, everyone I know who went to Duke would put it on a par with Harvard, but it is a massive
0: compliment. I think it's only like two behind in the rankings. It's not, in terms
1: of, it's not in terms of real status, though, right?
2: I, I was going to say it's like Oxford and Cambridge in the UK, then the rest. And yeah. surely it's the same with like Harvard.
1: You get outside the, the U.S. and you tell someone you went to Duke. Duke Business School, sure, for MBAs. If you're in that world, you might get a level of respect. But in general, if you just turned up for a job interview outside of the U.S. and said you went to Duke, I think a lot of, you'd have a lot of people saying that's great. And I have no idea what that is but I figured out that it's a university and let's move on in the same way that when I tell Americans where I went to university and Americans will ask sometimes, and it's the same type of thing. If you're not saying Oxford or you're not saying Cambridge and maybe London school of economics, a couple of those, depending on what the person does. Otherwise you may as well just say Hogwarts.
2: You went to Hogwarts? I mean Hogwarts? some of
1: them look some
2: of them look like <laughs>
0: Hogwarts.
1: Not for university, just for high school.
0: Would you rather have went to Hogwarts?
1: Wait, I mean, I'm not a Harry I, Potter I, fan, so no. <laughs> Sounds like my nightmare. I know my next
0: my next question was going to be what would you have majored in, but it it loses I, all it loses all fun in the question well, uh, because you're going to uh, be a Hogwarts. bad sport. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I like how he, because you don't know you like Harry Potter, would the idea be that you would be asked to go, but you don't know the Harry Potter (laughs) situation? So you would be like, this owl comes in and drops a letter. You'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like most people go through like clearing or they get UCAS points in the UK. Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, what situation are you putting out here? That you're attending Hogwarts, but you don't know it's like a school for a magic. No, no. So yes. you
0: one day, Eddie, just get a letter in the mail that says you have been accepted to attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. What What goes through your head? But <laughs> you, you don't know what it like, is. But no. you don't know what Hogwarts no.
1: is. I would think this is the dumbest prank anyone has ever tried to play. <laughs> what are they expecting? Oh, I'm going to pack my bags, guys. I got into Hogwarts. This <laughs> I mean, fictional school.
0: I mean the prank is great because they've trained an owl to drop the letter onto your lap. Okay, so to begin now
1: with so, so you're adding the owl is coming in. Yeah, it's not just arriving in my mailbox.
0: No, no,
2: no, okay.
0: no, no. no. You're getting the owl. full.
2: I love the idea of this joke just playing out and Eddie just being more and more angry like he gets to King's Cross and he sees the platform number and he's like, yeah, this is a fucking
1: joke. No, there's no situation. There's no world in which I am ever thinking maybe this is real. I'll just try it out.
0: Now, what if... So, what you're telling me, if you got a letter dropped into your lap from an owl that said you've been accepted, you have to go to King's Cross... Uh, nine and three quarters is the platform. Do you don't even make the attempt to maybe just be like, I'm just going to check it out. I'm not going to scout out. Yeah. I'm I'm going to scout out. I'm just going to check it out.
1: Now I would upgrade the prank to, wow, one of my friends has managed to find a trained owl. That's pretty impressive. And I want to know which one of my friends did this, but no, I'm not, (laughs) I am no for no part for two reasons. One, because I wouldn't believe in it in the first place. Too, because I know that someone made it up. So if you're telling me if a different school of magic and wizardry was dropped on my lap by a parrot instead of an owl, then maybe I would start to put together of oh, okay, these things really do exist. But I know it was just made up, and I know who made it up. So I can oh, some weird parallel universe. It's actually a real thing.
0: What if it were more? less childish and it was like an adolescent version like do you ever see the show the magicians
1: so you think i'd be tempted more by the school only being for someone 15 years younger than me versus yeah, yeah. like like it, it doesn't it's come still, by
0: an owl it, no it's, but
2: it's still magic and potions and witchcraft and wizardry yes. but it's not coming by owl it's coming by email it
0: will just be yes. attractive teenagers <laughs> they great yep you're going off, to Breakville's off, university i'll fit right in yeah, like oh, break bills. That sounds like a decent university. You might check that out I
1: mean, more than no. Hogwarts. Look, uh, someone could have something land on my lap tomorrow that said I'd been invited to Harvard, and I'm not going. So I don't know why I'm being tempted. <laughs> I...
0: And you are no fun. You could so be much for that prank. You're a wizard, Eddie, and you don't even know it because you Ooh, won't even try.
1: I be mean, be I do time. believe right in the magic of my toothbrush. So, so why from,
0: is it so unrealistic that you'd be invited to a magical school to attend to learn more? If they Maybe came the with more only the beginning. Imagine Perhaps. what your imagine what like your floss can do.
1: So far, nothing apart from just help my teeth be clean. It's because it's because you haven't been trained and yet. healthy gums. <laughs> this mouth has had zero cavities. So, so far, imagine.
0: That's all. Imagine what a water pick could do that could change the world, Eddie. that's a wa- true. a water pick could make you a billionaire overnight
1: or horrific things could happen. could be the reverse <laughs> you know with great power comes great responsibility and if I just started spraying a water pick around in my mouth might that might be that might be where Covid came from
0: now if the water pick is successful, how successful would the would the bidet be well my <laughs>
1: Whilst you might often think that I speak out of my ass, my ass and my mouth are not actually connected. So, so far, I haven't noticed anything relating to that, to the southern hemisphere of my body.
0: Now, let me, let me ask you something. If by chance one day you had a bet on and just the stars aligned and you used a bidet and you had a game winning goal in extra time injury time something like that do you even slightly think about maybe i need to buy one for my apartment
1: you'd have to well, hold, on, hold on hold on what's the scenario here where i'm using the bidet in the first place
0: <laughs> you guys listen i don't want to get into specifics eddie <laughs> let's let the say, imagination
1: run wild I mean, let's I'm just say opposed. you went to
0: bugsy's you had a lot of wings but they don't have a bidet in
1: they don't have a bidet maybe there.
0: they do now you don't know. Maybe next year a they invest in oh,
2: oh, we do. Oh, we do know. If there's one thing we know about Bugsy's is that it
0: won't have a bidet anytime soon. No, it just has a sauna in their bathroom. <laughs> Come out of there you need to change a shirt. It's so hot. <laughs> it's the it's the
1: natural bidet. You sweat yeah. it out. But yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm not opposed to a bidet. Um, but I've never had a when I was a child, we had a house with a bidet. I've never had one. Any
0: magical old? experience with it?
1: No, I think I'd be very worried if I could tell you a story that I thought was magical of me as a child <laughs> with a bidet. I think we'd probably pretty soon uncover something darker behind what I had, what I had in my mind, wrapped inside a magical box.
0: I meant you had, like, you had a good day or something, not, <laughs> not something deep and dark like that. <laughs>
1: Good day on the bidet. Yeah. Uncle John used to come over all the time and we'd use the bidet together. It was magical. Frank, I know you're very eager to talk about what you are considering to be the greatest race in the history of humankind.
0: Not humankind. I would say the Olympics. You might go to stretch humankind, but so there's better races. It's the best track race in the history of the Olympics was the 400 meter, meter hurdle final. Last night, all right, won by Kirsten War- Warholm of Norway, who beat Rye Benjamin of the United States. Did you Did you guys watch it? Yes.
2: Yeah, I saw the replay. I didn't see it live, but the replay was it was it was cool to watch.
0: So going into it last month, Warholm broke the record that had stood for about thirty years. It was like. 46.76, and he broke it to 46.70. And Rye Benjamin was like right behind him at Olympic trials with his time, obviously, because, you know, not, he was in Norway, but um, the time was pretty close. So going into this, it was a pretty close matchup between the now world record holder and Rye Benjamin sitting about, I think it was like 0.1 seconds behind was his best. Or yeah.
1: 0.2. Here's one thing I will say. I think this is, this is where we get back into the, american coverage of this race versus non-american because i do think americans build this as what an incredible matchup i think the european coverage was more they knew who was going to win and that it was going to be relatively close given to how good he was but that i think they've raced you know he'd never beaten yeah he and he'd won both of them so
0: Yeah, and he's gotten second both times with good times, though. So I think you're right. I mean, I don't think the Americans thought he was going to win, but I think the American coverage was billed as, can the American finally get one past the best 400-meter hurdler of all time now? They then ran the race, and he broke the world record by a crazy amount. So he ran 45 94, so almost a second better than what the record was. In So there's like a bunch of stats now online about it. So if we just look at just the world record, if that were to be equivalent in other events, that would mean the mile, which the record is currently 343, someone would have to run it in just above 338, like 339.1. So they'd have to. So, cut so about you mean over. breaking
1: it by the same percentage is what you're
0: saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To break it by the same percentage, in one race you'd have to cut about four seconds off the mile time, um, and then the 800 meters, which is, I think, um, right now is at 141. They'd have to run a 139.8, so over a second and a half. The only races that have ever, like, broken it to that equivalent was when Bolt ran the 958 in the 100 meters, that was like an equivalent percentage of progression from the, from the world record. The difference is in that race, the second place person was nowhere near Bolt. But in this race, the second per- best person, Rye Benjamin ran a 46.17, which also broke the record by over half a second, and he still got second. And then the third place runner also would have broken the record had Warholm not broken it a month ago. The So pretty much as of a month ago, the person who ran the world record wouldn't even meddled in this race. That's insane. That's um, just crazy. Yeah,
2: um, it must be pretty unfortunate for Benjamin and uh, the Brazilian. It was I can't remember the name. Uh, the Brazilian was, um, did not seem disappointed in,
1: in everything he said. Dos Santos. So like it, to, it, dos Santos. It
2: just. It must just be a shame to know that you can get world record times and just medal. Like I, I appreciate they're like just massively fortunate to be in bronze, silver, gold categories or contention or anything like that. But it must kind of suck to be in that kind of era of people that are doing the four hundred meters at such a good speed that you aren't sometimes even near winning. Well, you're just in what, like an unfortunate era, right?
0: Yeah, you're right. But and what was actually really nice to see was Benjamin seemed. Pretty genuine and not bitter about it. So what he said afterwards was, "If you had told me I was going to run forty six one and lose, I probably would have beat you up and tell you to get out of my room." But I'm happy to be part of history. And basically, he went on to say what? that he
2: why, did he, why did they they <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why in his room. I don't know. I don't
0: know why they tell him in his room. But you know, he basically said he's 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 just happy that you know he broke a world record and the fact that he lost. I mean, that's just part of racing, and sometimes there's going to be someone better, and that he improved himself so much that he can't be upset about it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't close. But he he handled
0: it well. Right I think he handled it well.
1: I, I don't know how you could handle it badly, because it wasn't close. I think it would be one thing if it was neck and neck,
0: and... You it was neck record. and neck over the final hurdle.
1: But but They were the right line, there going over where the... the yeah, but the finish line, which is where we decide the results. No, I know. I guess. So you
2: were you like that's half a second. So you said that's like the equivalent of two seconds in a mile. So it's a long way over one hurdle. Yeah, it wasn't
1: close. Like he knew yeah. he was losing for the final.
0: Yeah, know, it was forty forty five ninety four, and then forty six seventeen was Benjamin. So he was about point two five away. Yeah, it's a it's a sizable chunk.
1: Point two three. Um, I think that's why you can't be upset, because, again, I think, yes, if if it had been neck and neck, and you sort of felt like you'd stuck your head out, and he'd stuck his head out, and you've broken the world record as well, but just he happens to have got there right in front of you, that would be upsetting. But knowing that you were beaten pretty emphatically, and so, yeah, nice to run your career best.
0: Yeah, it was fun to watch. I mean, because we watched it live and going into that final hurdle, they were neck and neck. And then Warholm just put put in an extra gear, you know, which was crazy to see. And his quote is pretty good. He said, the last 20 meters, I couldn't even feel my legs. I knew I had a crazy American coming on the inside wanting to get to me. So I just ran for my life. I would die for that gold medal today. <laughs> it's a pretty good quote.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't classify, I guess... Uh, Here's the thing, I guess where we would disagree. I think i'm I'm thinking something else for best race ever. You can say it's best race in terms of the top three's hi- contextual historical performance, But in terms of actual excitement of the race, given the fact that a decent way out it was clear who was winning and it was very clear who was finishing third, it wasn't i didn't I didn't walk away from that thinking it was a thriller. I just walked away from it thinking it was some incredible performances, but it wasn't as if it was a race finish. You
0: know, I see what you mean. So, so you're saying like the excitement, it's not the most exciting race ever. I I'm saying, I think it's the greatest race in terms of like the raw ability and talent that was put into that race. You know, you have two, you have a guy who broke the world record who would have been that, that alone would have been in the, an amazing breaking of the world record by over half a second and then to have that be the second place it's it's just crazy i mean how good they were
1: no i'm not i'm not trying to rain on that particular parade but to me yeah, i'd yeah. rather see a i'd rather see a blanket finish race as a more exciting race to watch
0: particularly over head
1: yeah particularly over a 400 meter hurdle where as i said you you can you can start figuring out pretty far out okay it's a two horse. It's a two runner race now, and then okay. Now it's it's over. How fast are they going to go? It is a, it feels different to me than I'd rather see five of them in, within a couple of strides with thirty meters to go.
2: Do you have another race in mind in terms of like a best ever? I know it's a bit tough to kind of snap <laughs> on the spot and say yeah. tell me of the last <laughs> since ancient Greece, not even
1: the modern Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because as you know too, I'm 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 famous for my in-depth knowledge of athletics from the past. So, you know, I can I can just recall it was definitely that one from '92. Um, no, yeah, classic. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but I think I'll see more exciting. I've seen more exciting races over the course of this Olympics, and I I do I do think it would be disappointing to have think that you run a what could have been on another day you would have won a gold medal i mean you saw it a little bit even the cycling the the british women's track pursuit team team track pursuit in their semi-final broke the world record and then lost in the final to a team that then broke their world record and you know that's going to be disappointing too you go into the final thinking well if we can copy paste what we just did we will win gold a gold medal and then that wasn't even good enough. I mean, they didn't even, they didn't come close, but still.
2: It's been one of the stories of this Olympics, hasn't it? Well, especially from a British side of things, is like the disappointment in the cycling and the rowing. Like two usually strong guaranteed golds somewhere in them. Um, but they seem to have been pretty disappointing this time around.
1: Now the real story of the Olympics. Tom Daly knitting, taking over the world.
2: It is what? taking over the world. Have you not seen this?
1: No, it is literally everywhere. Tom Daly was sitting in the stands knitting and the world has decided that this is the most amazing thing ever. Now here, I am going to be slightly cynical and think this was a semi-calculated move on his part because knitting is such a hipster thing. And so the idea of sitting there, it's so relatable for the guy who's won a gold medal but then just is going to sit in the stands knitting his hat or whatever it is he's knitting. I or, think he knitted a dog jumper. Oh, even better. Oh, he loves dogs too. <laughs> does that
2: you make know? you more he's, does that make you more cynical now?
0: How many a when Eddie? How how many followers do you think he has on Instagram? 5 million? 2.9. I mean, I thought that was a lot for a a diver. <laughs> no, he's
1: pretty famous in the UK. He would be up there with the most famous Olympians of all time for multiple wow. reasons
0: for being What are some of those multiple reasons?
2: Well, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Jessica Ennis, I would say he was definitely contentious for being the London 2012
1: face of it. Contentious. You mean contending? Contending. Why did I say contentious <laughs> so much I don't
2: today? know. He's a, <laughs> um, I said it off podcast as well. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, I think he would be contending for it.
0: He's uh, a contender. What did I say? I, I, I can't remember Contendent. the word. I messed up. Contendent. Contendent.
1: Contendent. Contendent. I would disagree with you on that London 2012. Uh, I guess Mo Farah
2: probably would have been second.
1: Yeah, I think there would have been a few ahead of him if we really looked into it. I Let's mean, unpack it. Chris Hoy was still. Was Wasn't Chris Chris Hoy still going in 2012?
2: Yeah. And then Jason Kenny just became like most famous Olympian for Britain in terms of like medal haulage. Most Um, famous, I think today actually.
1: (laughs) Most most successful, yeah. Most most successful, yeah.
2: I'm just going to log off. Yeah, English is not
1: (laughs) is your second language right now.
2: Um, It's it's tough in Britain to understand English. I mean, Bolt obviously knew what he's doing. That's why all the kind of chicken nugget stuff and the celebration and things like that. I'm not sure. I I think people would like. He's just he's just doing something that's quite therapeutic and probably quite calming.
1: Oh no, not this again! <laughs> We're going to have to go back to them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I probably I imagine that, I'm I sure imagine I comments.
2: imagine that I imagine people just do things because it's takes their mind off it or helps them. But he's not focus competing
1: at that point, right? That picture came out. And he's just watching his teammates.
2: Might just be a come down.
1: <laughs> like, be careful with that he's around Tom so daily. <laughs> Euphoric,
2: yeah. <laughs> he's so euphoric that he just needs to do something so non-euphoric.
1: Un-euphoric. As I said, I'm just. I don't care if he knits or not. However, it is a very hipster thing to knit. To then be also knitting something for a dog, it is a good way. If you were trying to sit in this, if. Tom Daly had come to me and said, I'm going to be sitting in the stands at the swimming and the diving, and I want to go viral for something I'm doing whilst sitting there. Knitting would have been high on the list of suggestions of people, young and old, will find this to be the cutest, most relatable thing they've ever seen, and Oh, look at Tom Daly, wins an Olympic gold, but straight back to normal old life, knitting his little dog jumper. So cynical. I am cynical, yeah.
0: Are you still eating Frank?
1: No, now he's just now he's knitting.
0: <laughs> now he's figured out. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually crocheting.
1: Well, since we recorded, right, Djokovic failed in his attempt to have the golden grand, grand slam, which we've already discussed a couple of times. He had a little bit of he had a mental breakdown in his uh, didn't even get the bronze did he well he withdrew from the doubles that was harsh so he he robbed his part in playing partner of the chance of getting an olympic gold medal because he decided he was so mentally and physically fatigued he said that playing in tokyo in this tournament has been the most physically challenging environment he's ever played professional tennis in which is quite the statement
2: that's gotta hurt like the other, I, I mean, obviously the other. I don't, I don't know who the other was his, partner
1: was, yeah, it but was his, it wasn't for gold. In fairness, it was for bronze, but still, it's uh, mm. it's got to be disappointing.
2: Can't really challenge it, can you? You can't really be like Djokovic. You are playing
1: no, especially not when it's Djokovic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's not a lot you could do. Now that also brings me on to the high jump. I wanted to get your the two of your thoughts on the the way the high jump finished. Because it obviously, don't know if you saw, but it, it finished with them agreeing to each get a gold medal to split the win.
2: Yeah, sh- rather than a jump off or whatever it would have yeah. been equivalent of.
1: Yeah. Do you think that they should be allowed to do that? And would you agree to it? don't think
2: there's many if any sports that allow the players or the team or the individuals competing the choice of splitting so i find it extremely strange that you would not want to i i i I find it confusing that it's even in their hands
1: well okay so say okay i kind of agree with you that it either should be the rule or it isn't but now let's say you're in that position do you split? Or no?
2: No, because the thing with medal medalists and medal winners is the outrightness of it all. You have won a gold medal, no. or your team based has won a competition. But in terms of the high jump, n- no, I don't see the spitting, uh, the splitting. Sorry, but
1: for the rest of your life, you get to call yourself an Olympic champion, an Olympic gold medalist, at least. Saying champion might. You might get some people calling you on not being totally accurate with that particular term. But Olympic gold medalist, you can accurately say. No one's going to remember 20 years from now when, you know, if it were you and you said we were in a bar together and you said, oh, yeah, yeah, I won a gold medal at the 2020 Olympic Games. No one's going to be like, oh, were you that guy who split it? And then also, if one of your friends then tried to play it down with, well, yeah, but you were joint champion. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, what did you achieve? <laughs> Just an absolute dick move. Yeah, how close I, to a gold my, medal my, have you come?
2: We we've spoken about a few of these things, right? Like when we spoke about the NBA, when it was like, oh, they won, but there's an asterisk with it because there was like a problem or uh, or COVID or the pandemic or things like that. I would worry that it would be tainted by this. You won, but, and it could be, it's not tainted. I mean, you've still got a gold medal. So I guess I agree with you in that sense, but I would actually want them to actually split the medal.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I think in the moment I would probably split it because it's it's like cashing out your bet, but they're offering you 99.99% of your bet. And the alternative is... 10% 10% of your bet and it's just I get to go home as an Olympic champion I get that gold medal to show everyone the rest of my life I get to call myself an Olympic gold medal winner it's going to make a world of difference to your future right in terms of endorsement deals and all of those that sort of stuff versus no 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 I insisted there was a winner and I missed on all three of my attempts and uh, got a silver medal Who actually offered it? Did the the judge kind of came in and they clarified. I think they were un- they were uncertain as to whether or not they would actually each get golds for a moment. So they sort of were sp- saying, can we do this? where we're each gold medal winners. And they then agreed. They're also friends, which I think plays into this as well. The two mm. high jumpers. They are they are
0: collusion. F- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't,
0: I don't know why you, what's the downside? Because in 10 years, no one's going to remember that you were the one. No. Right. So you're just a gold medalist.
1: I guess the downside, maybe, maybe you split. It's just
0: you personally. Like if you really, really thought that you were better and you want to prove and you don't like the fact that he's going to have to say, he can say he was just as good as you, even though you know you're better. But don't run that risk. It's not worth it. That's like you not cashing out a ninety nine point nine percent bet than losing it. No, exactly. Why'd you run that risk?
1: No, I do. I agree. I think I would split. Um, and the other question, which actually I don't know. I also assume the people who must be delighted that they split
2: is Uh, the silver and bronze. Yeah,
1: because someone got a bronze medal because they decided to split. I assume. Who otherwise yeah, would have the finished fourth? fourth. Place. Yeah,
2: that's that was my next point. Is that the people below must be delighted because they've all just been upgraded?
1: Yeah, I assume.
2: Especially the bronze medalist. They're the well, they're not the biggest winners.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess, but
2: they kind of are. They would have had nothing and now. They have a podium medal, like uh, whereas th- the gold medalists have obviously think, had gold or we silver. We think, right? By
1: the way, this might be yeah. absolutely wrong, and it might be that they split gold, and then the person stayed in bronze. So it might be that this did not bump people up. But if it did bump people up, then yes, the the biggest winner out of this was the person in fourth who is an Olympic medalist, even though they kind of shouldn't be. And again, no one will remember. You just call yourself an Olympic medalist for the rest of your life and no one will ever say, yeah, but you finished third on a sort of technicality, right? You were actually the fourth best in the event that year.
2: You'd be a dick at the bar if you were like, well, I've looked up your history. <laughs>
1: and it... No, but you could only do it if you were also an Olympic medalist. It, it's, it would be like a stolen valor claim on the other person of saying, look, you're calling yourself an Olympic medalist, but you're not really an Olympic medalist. I'm, an, my... I'm a real medalist. But if you if you are not someone who's ever won an Olympic medal, you can't call them out for kind of weak third place.
2: I just think statistician wise, it annoys me that that then breaks the uniformity of having like a gold medal winner or a silver medal winner or a bronze is that then there's this entry where there's two of them. But this could happen in other events. like you could have a dead I'm, heat. I'm just saying I think
1: it's this is the first
2: heat. time ever in a high jump.
1: In the high yes. jump, yes. But you could have a dead heat. You know, so could
2: they do it in the football? If they get to no. after extra time. No, no, no. Could you they can't be opt like
1: to not take penalties? England should have done that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We should
2: that have would said be to great. Italians,
1: hey look, let's not go through this penalty drama. We'll just call it, we'll just each call ourselves champions. They'll make another trophy for us.
2: I guess that would be the the slight problem I have with it is that How do you, like, that? I I guess that goes back to the point that I don't think it should have been available for them in the first place.
1: But then there's the whole concept of the Olympic spirit. This is very much in line with the Olympic spirit in saying the point isn't that I beat this person. The point is that we've just both achieved something great and we can celebrate it together.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cheesy. The fact that they're friends though, that I can definitely see it because then they'll definitely play that card.
1: I don't a know how good of friends they're no. definitely training partners. so okay, you know, they and they seemed very happy with each other
0: afterwards. The other bit of news was, did you see that the Australian I think it was the rugby team, and oh crap, what was the other team? Australian rugby and some other team. Uh, messed up the their rooms and that there was like two holes in the wall and vomit in the corner of the room (laughs) and they had broken the beds uh, on their way out and the person who is the head of Australia's Olympic delegation handled it super well and basically just said hey listen, they're kids you wouldn't let them go out and do any partying. So they had a party in the room. It was one hole in the wall. There were cardboard beds and someone was probably a little too sick and didn't realize what they did. And they should have cleaned it up, but they didn't. But that's about it. Like, relax. <laughs> You're blowing this overboard. <laughs>
1: uh, I kind of agree with you. They don't deserve to have be sanctioned in any way. At the same time, it is bad behavior. And regardless of the fact that they weren't able to go out, otherwise, you know,
0: you, you shouldn't yeah,
1: <laughs> should just be punching holes quote. in in the wall. Know, the yeah. bread is the, the bed. The bread, the bed is one thing because even though it, they did withstand a lot of tests that people did on social media and stuff, breaking your bed, especially considering it is a cardboard bed, so they were going to recycle it anyway, not the end of the world. But punching a hole in the wall and just leaving vomit. Because my, the reason I, the real reason issue I would take with the leaving the vomit is, I am sure that within the Australian Olympic setup, that there is someone there who you could have said, "Hey, by the way, I've just thrown up in the corner," or not just, but the next morning I threw up in the corner, and I think this needs to be cleaned up. I'm throwing up in the corner. <laughs> I'm right throwing now. up right now. Catch it. <laughs> oh. Uh, by the way, FYI, <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, I think that there's probably some kind of gopher who's then responsible for just cleaning up those kind of things. And you, that's the thing; it would have been so easy to deal with it, particularly in a co- in a country like Japan with their culture and the way they tidy things up. It's not a great look.
0: Yeah, it was uh, the rowing and the rugby teams from Australia, but the um. Spokesperson said, his quote probably goes, it's a book as old as time. A good young person makes a mistake. Chapter two is a good young person is full of remorse. Chapter three is a good young person learns from the mistake and becomes a better person. <laughs> I like how he actually broke it into chapters. It's a
2: good way of like deflecting, right? Of just saying yeah. like this, like, this on, happened,
0: listen. this yeah. is
2: what they're doing, and this is how you will forget about it, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a Ryan Lochte situation, no. but it's still not.
0: Now, those were the good old times pre-COVID with Ryan Lochte stories.
1: When Olympians could really get themselves in trouble. (laughs) Not these boring stories. Olympians could really be idiots. (laughs) Not boring stories of Olympians behaving like cats and just throwing up in the corner.
2: Something I wanted to ask you guys about, actually, was um, the kind of mixed events that have been taking place so this is like the record amount i think there's been like 15 in this one but um the four by 100 um in the the mixed swimming um i thought was really interesting because you so obviously they had to do the traditional strokes um as they would for a traditional medley but the men and the women... Oh, they, could... don't, they weren't allowed
1: to just pick their stroke? Just doggy paddle? <laughs> no,
2: no, but what I liked about it was that the men and women, it didn't matter which way. It wasn't like an alter waiting way. They could just do it whatever they wanted. And so you had these moments where like... On Did a you lap, just say alter waiting? Would... Alternating. No, I just... <laughs> anyway. Um, they, you had these moments where like after one lap, the men would be four or five seconds in front of like the four women and it kind of made for this really exciting moment of like people like Dressel trying to catch up time and i thought it made it really exciting but i know there's other sports as well like the they're the the um the relay and the running as well was mixed so i was curious what you guys have thought about watching them if you thought they're interesting if you thought they've been a bit
1: yeah they're all right not interesting i mean I'm i'm on board with relays I would find with I would be fine almost with the entire
0: Olympics just being relays I find relays yeah. or or a team event everything yeah. has to be something team oriented yes.
1: I find like you could get rid of the idea of individual hundred meter champions and just instead say it's a decathlon and it's a team decathlon or and so you're picking and say each person has to do two events within the decathlon and then we watch the team scores. I'd be on board with that.
0: That would be cool. You know what? We should calculate that anyway. I like that Once idea. the Olympics are over, we should see what country won the decathlon. Yeah, just, I'll do it. Or you could just, or
2: you could watch the decathlon. And see no, no, it. No, 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 <laughs> no. But I
0: like I like Eddie's idea much better because you're taking the best person oh. from each country in that event and putting it together. So who has like go- the best right. track team? Ever, I'm
1: going to go out on a limb, whatever, limb never, and say it's probably the U.S. <laughs> yeah maybe but, it will be but
0: silver and bronze might be interesting yeah
1: i mean jamaica because
0: jamaica be... is notoriously good sprinters but yeah. not very good distance and their throws are hit or miss
1: yeah the team thing would be a killer for jamaica would yeah. be an absolute killer it would be great for the u.s and russia and china
0: whoa 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 not russia well, the Russian Olympic Committee. Yeah. Olympic yes. Olympic. You're not allowed to say Russia okay. in the Olympics. Sort of <laughs> Russia. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Going back to the mixed relays, they also had it in the track and there was the controversy with the American team being DQ'd, which then they put in an appeal. And I don't know if they won because the woman, I think it was the second like was, I forget who it was, but she was lined up in the wrong spot where she was supposed to take the handoff. But they said that there was four other teams that also did the same thing and that it was a one of the officials was actually telling them to line up in the wrong spot. So they had appealed it to say, you know, like they were just doing what they were told. Although you should realize that. I mean, that's a little crazy to me that you don't know where you are. Like the track's the same size every track. It's a 400 meter track. So you should know where to stand for a relay in a 400 meter track. So that was kind of weird. Yeah, a little bit odd. But, but no, I like cool. it. Yeah, I I like the idea. Like it.
1: It's an interesting it's a little gimmicky. And it feels a little bit weird when records are falling cuz the events aren't old enough. So you, you I don't sometimes I don't know if a record's being broken or if it's just whoever wins this race is the new world record holder, you know, it's one of those. But it's yeah, it's it's interesting. I would always rather watch a relay than just a straight race. Every time.
0: Yeah. The men's four by one uh, medley for the swimming, that relay was really good because the U S won, of course, but yeah.
1: Now just to bring you down a peg or two, then Frank, have you recovered from the surprise, the disappointment, the trauma of the United States women's team being knocked out of the, well, in the semi losing in the semifinal
0: of the, yeah. the women's. It's the tournament? win bronze. Can still win bronze, which would be more medals than the U.S. men's team has won. And well, actually, no, they just won the gold cup, and they were very happy about it with their the B gold squad. cup and the
1: Nations League.
0: So good yep, summer for the
1: not not to try and attack anyone, but good summer for the U.S. men's national team. B Team, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's not that there should be. Maybe the issue hasn't been the U.S. men's national team, it's been the U.S. men's first team. The, yeah, they just maybe. had to strip away all of those guys and things would have been fine.
0: But no, I, I mean, the women's team clearly was not a very cohesive unit this year. And it's a little strange. I, I don't understand kind of the reason. You know, maybe they weren't in training as much, but, you know, the first match they lost, that snapped, what, a 44-game losing or non-loss streak. And then uh, then they drew to Australia and then they just beat the Netherlands in, in penalties to advance in the first round of the knockout. So they clearly didn't look as do- anywhere near as dominant as they had. And I don't know if that's just them not having any cohesiveness or if it's just that that team is starting to turn over and the newer generation isn't as good as the older generation that's kind of at the last legs or, and I, or just out. the world
2: playing or just the world playing catch up
1: yeah I think I think you've just seen the world yeah. in terms of the professional standards across the world in women's football have increased dramatically so whereas if you did go back 20, even 15 to 10, 15 years you, know, you had to go to the US to play a high standard of professional football or even to really play professional football as a woman and so they just had such a huge advantage in terms of training day-to-day training facilities and all of that whereas now Europe you can go and play in a number of countries and receive elite level training and elite facilities and have a full-time professional experience so I think it's natural that the rest of the world is going to catch up to it I mean the U.S. is always going to be very good just because of the popularity of the sport in the U.S and the facilities that they ha- already have in place. But I do think the idea that they can kind of turn up and you can already start, you know, engraving the the name on the trophy, that's that's probably gone.
0: The uh, finals of the shop puts tomorrow, so that should be exciting. Kovacs squeaked into the finals. Uh, it's a pretty tight finals. It's going to be pretty intense. And, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. And hopefully they actually show it. That's the only thing about the American coverage that bothers me is I don't understand why they think someone will be more interested in watching the qualifying 200-meter race, all eight heats of them, versus like the finals of the shot put, which is really tightly grouped and is going to decide a medal, versus watching the American in heat six beat someone... By three seconds in the hundred from some country you don't even know where it is on the map. You know, like, I'm guessing the, the obsession with running is weird to me.
1: But I'm guessing it's one of those things, right, where they're working off data. So they probably do that. They probably know that more people do care. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I'd rather watch sprinting than shot put most of the time. I would. But you'd probably, watch
0: like the qualifying sprints versus the finals of I rather, like the golden era of shot put. <laughs>
1: if 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 it's the finals and the people the people I expect to compete for the medal are throwing then fine but to see the guy who's going to finish 8th come up with his throw i'd probably watch rather watch the semifinal the... of a sprint
0: but i'm not even talking semis i'm or talking any of the
1: sprints i'd, I'd probably you'd, watch you'd sprint.
0: rather watch the guy who gets 60th in the the 200 meter
1: i'd probably rather watch just them cut to a guy sprinting like on his jog outside
0: the stadium (laughs) just randomly (laughs) just people
2: on exercise
0: guy just sprinting to the to the porta potty (laughs) i'd rather just watch what happened in
2: the
1: australian room (laughs) yeah well that's for sure but but yeah no i'd always rather watch a final but you see that everywhere in the U in the british coverage i see it in the french coverage you know, I was watching some stuff on French TV today and I kind of flick between the British and the French coverage just to see where they are, the different sports that they're focusing on. And it very much is based on, you know, which sports they're likely to win medals. In. But, and the French coverage, it was in the middle of a race. No, in the middle of the gymnastics. Someone was in their routine and they cut away from the routine without saying anything. To show you that the French, the men's French team had just won their basketball game and they just got to two seconds of Rudy Gobert dunking to give them a sort of five point lead with 20 seconds to go. And then someone telling you that just so you know, the men's French team has made it to the semifinals of the men's basketball tournament and then just back to the gymnastics with no transition, (laughs) just mid routine. You're right there, Frank. <laughs> you went into a you coma. didn't move.
0: <laughs> oh what? I I get mocked if I eat. I get mocked if I just sit here and well, don't eat. What do you want me to are do? You,
1: you,
2: just are you, are you contribute.
1: <laughs> Blink. I'll take blinking. Just just show, show signs us. of life. Yeah, exactly. Every every twenty seconds, show me that you're alive. But. Uh... <laughs> And yeah, I guess we can move on from the Olympics to... We're going to have a lot of coverage relating, obviously, to the NFL and to European football over the next couple of weeks and some previews of the seasons. I, I guess the big story right now out of the Premier League is that Harry Kane is doing something that is very familiar to American sports fans, not quite so
0: familiar to English football fans. And he is. Is he holding out? He's not coming to training camp? He is holding that out. That is exactly what he's doing.
1: He has gone on strike and basically feels aggrieved that Tottenham have broken the gentleman's agreement that they had that they would accept a reasonable fee if offered. And he now feels as if the relationship has broken down completely with Spurs and Daniel Levy. And so he is on strike, seemingly, until they will accept an offer from City so that he can go and go and play at the Etihad. Although I heard that...
2: So it's been two days now that he hasn't turned up for training, but I heard that he is expected to turn up. Now, I don't mean that. Of, of course, he's expected to train. <laughs> like, that's not... But the point is that they expect him to be back and it is sounds like he will. And that's the something I've not got. Like, has Kane given them... Has he said, like... I only had 3 weeks off after like, the Euros so I needed no, more time. No no, he's like are clear. we are we not seeing are we only no. seeing like 50% of no, the no, story no. is my point.
1: No, because they would come out and say then they wouldn't be encouraging the the idea that he'd gone on strike. You would have very clear messages from either from him or from Spurs saying we've given him time off because of the fact that he made the final of the Euros. They would also be, have to be giving a time off to other players that were involved in the later stages of the Euros, and they haven't done that either. So, look, he's on strike. And yeah. also, the wonderful thing about, and this isn't, but the wonderful thing about the term expecting or expected is it works both ways. So we are expecting him to turn up can both be a, a negative statement of this is what he should be doing, but it also can be the we're expecting him to turn up as in we think he will be coming it's a it's a wonderfully loose and adaptive <laughs> term no but you know what i mean it's true
0: now is there anything saw right through me. is there anything spurs can do to keep him you think no. like if they go out and make a big signing or spend 500
1: million pounds I don't
0: know. I mean, like, look at Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers held out and you thought there was no way. Everyone basically said he's done with the Packers. He's done. And now seemingly it's like nothing happened.
2: I mean, Kane is under contract for a number of years longer. I think it's three or four left on the contract. So theoretically, if Spurs did absolutely nothing, he can't leave the club, but they've also haven't got Harry Kane playing for them. So he becomes an absolute shell of a player probably doesn't contribute there's the team potential toxicity behind the scenes. Like it, it's pointless now to keep him if this continues on, unless there's like a change of heart, like the Rogers uh, Packers
1: thing. There's Unless a huge... Kane comes
2: out and says like I was an idiot and no, I'm
1: committed to Spurs. No, there's a huge difference between the Rogers and the Kane situations, and the difference is Rogers had nowhere to go. Harry Kane knows where he can go and he knows that team wants him and he knows that team will deliver the thing he wants, which is the possibility of winning trophies year in year out. So, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers would have kept holding out if he thought there was a possibility of the 49ers training for him or the Patriots training for him or something. But I think what he had to face the reality of was in the next six months, nothing is going to change the only teams that are going to take me now are teams that are going to put me in exactly the same situation that I'm in right now with the Packers. So I think that was the reality hit home there. And he had to decide to play a season with the Packers, and then he can reassess either by retiring or by doing exactly the same thing next summer. And at least now, I guess, teams will know Aaron Rodgers is very much available next offseason if we really want to push for him. Harry Kane, I do think it's interesting. A lot of people have said if, because there's been a lot of support for him in going on strike, kind of thinking that it's the right move to try and force this move through. A lot of people have been, various people in the media have been then saying, well, how would he react if if Paul Pogba did this? Everyone would be critical of him and saying what an awful move it is and how he should be appreciative of all of the money you make being a footballer and the opportunity and what the club has done for him. I think it's fair to say that other players would get a different reaction than Harry Kane, but I do think part of the difference between, say, Paul Pogba and Harry Kane is that Harry Kane has always been the model professional and has always done his utmost for Spurs, whereas Paul Pogba throughout his career at United has caused disruption, and so just creating more disruption would seem this is very on-brand, whereas for Harry Kane, this is very much a side of him that I think most people didn't think even existed.
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, I wouldn't expect people to react the same way if, if Pogba did it versus Kane, because that would be like, what, the ninth example of Pogba being disruptive to a, to a, a club, you know, versus Kane has probably been the other way most times. I mean, who knows, maybe there's been backdoor things that he's done to, that he should have said something and kind of conceded with Spurs, you know, who knows, Uh, I would kind of bet that to be the case instead of the other way where, you know, Pogba has had incident after incident. So
2: my, I, I guess one of my problems is this concept of the gentleman's agreement, right? Is that, is there actually anything on paper that Levy has come out and said this because i think yesterday spurs came out and denied it
1: but sam they said
2: that this isn't a thing
1: but sam if there were something on paper it wouldn't be a gentleman's agreement it would be contractual
2: well that's why that's why it kind of makes this a little bit difficult like i agree with you about the reaction being different but it's also just hard to take because you're it comes across as throwing your toys out of the pram i guess in that respect is that someone apparently told you that will consider this, which is just like you say, you're just taking someone's face value words of what they've said, they may have misinterpreted it or not said it the way you've wanted and then you've run with it. And here we are kind of having it all out in the open about things that we can't really prove. It, I, I think it just makes it difficult. I'm, I'm not really sure, to be honest, what side I'm on. I just feel contractually, it, it's just harder for Kane because he's under contract.
1: Well, yeah, he's trying obviously. to
2: force a move for something that isn't actually provable.
1: I mean, I think he's said, look, there's a gentleman's agreement in place. I've done everything on my side. He's not trying to make them in infor- he's not trying to enforce a clause. It is a gentleman's agreement. He is literally saying, you gave me my- your word, and is your word worth something or not? Which supposedly this is not the first time that Daniel Levy has made such gentlemen's agreements. Gentlemen gentlemen's agreements it's like a a attorney's general kind of thing but uh um with players and he consistently has broken them so which for daniel levy it's you can say oh well if it's not in the contract tough titties but to a certain extent you're 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 someone would you
0: say that (laughs) i probably would
1: (laughs) but his job is to negotiate with players and with partners on a daily basis So do you want to then show yourself to be someone whose word is worth nothing? To put yourself in a situation of, it's either on paper or forget about it. It's not a great look. And it would seem, it would surprise me. And I don't think Harry Kane is making this up. Because if he were making up the idea of the gentleman's agreement, I think you would have had Daniel Levy coming out and making stronger statements saying, Harry Kane's lying versus oh well maybe this is a you know there's nothing in his contract okay he's not saying there is he's saying you promised him something now just a
2: bit worried like in this kind of like industry of multi-million deals multi-million contracts that playing what you're doing right now which is essentially going on strike to a gentleman's agreement might be a little bit naive i mean we've got history of gentlemen's agreements been broken. Like you say, Levy has. I remember some kind of famous ones on transfer deals with people like Wingi and Berahino and play people like that. Um, that's the only thing I, I kind of feel a little bit strange about.
1: But there's plenty of examples of people sticking to gentlemen's agreements within football and someone saying, sign your new contract. And if club XYZ comes in and puts in a fair offer, we will sell you. Or if you're not involved in the team or if the team doesn't hit these targets, we will sell you. And we're not going to put this in your contract because that's a nightmare for us. Because then, you know, we put a transfer release clause and a club that we don't think you should, we're not making the promise. You know, you, you say to, say hypothetically, you were negotiating that contract with uh, Harry Kane and you said to him, okay, if City and United come in for, with a reasonable bid, we'll sell you. Now, I guess you could put a clause that's specific in your contract for sure. But you might just say, let's just have this because we won't. If I had been negotiating it on the other side to Harry Kane, what I would probably say is, look, Harry, it's really difficult for us to put a specific number in your contract as a transfer release clause because, you know, transfers keep going up year on year. We've just seen Mbappe go for 200 million. Maybe three years from now, players will be going for 500 million. So if we write a 150 million pound release clause in your contract, maybe three years from now, that's peanuts. So we can't put a release clause in your contract. So how about I shake your hand and I tell you, look, if, there, if we reach a point in the future where you're not super happy here and a reasonable and fair offer comes in for you, then you can go. And if I'm, this is my boyhood club, I've dealt with this person over the course of my entire career, you probably feel like you can trust him, that he's always been pretty good to you, you've always been good to the club. I can see why you would say that okay, all of that makes sense. I'll sign that six year contract, which is great for Spurs, to have me locked up for six years. I don't have a lot of reason to sign a six year deal from my personal standpoint, but I'll do it. Any other news from the world of sport caught your eye?
2: No, but I did see that Christian Erickson has gone back to Inter um so so not to play football because he can't but they're they're talking about the potential there's two countries that he can go to play at who don't have the rules that are kind of as um as tough on people that have had obviously the scenario that he did and it's the england and the netherlands are apparently the two places so there, there's theories that he's not going to play for like six months as a complete minimum but it's interesting that people are talking to him about the fact that he may return i've i've just found it quite interesting
0: <laughs> i can't i i, I can't um, just thinking just thinking about him playing makes me feel uncomfortable just like picturing me. yeah the fa- like just picturing being him going back on the pitch and thinking about it happening again it it makes me just sitting here in my seat extremely uncomfortable I I, it's crazy. No, there's no way. he's. Someone needs to stop him.
1: (laughs) No, there's no way. I'm sure he, (laughs) I'm sure he wants to, and I'm sure all of the messages coming out about clubs being interested or the possibility of going to other leagues is from his agents and just, you know, people within his camp. You're going to be a brave doctor to sign off on his medical. You're then going to need to get him insured. So you're going to need to find an insurer who's willing to do that as well. And then, even if you get both of those things, which I suppose are possible, you then need to run the risk of awful PR. Because if he does die on the pitch during a match, after what happened, you can't say the doctor said he was okay. Because you know that there'll be other doctors who come out and say he should never have done this again. So, there's just no way he plays football again, professionally. Unless he goes somewhere bizarre. If he wants to go and play in China or India or something, then he'll probably get someone who thinks it's worth the risk of bringing over a near-on superstar. But no one in Europe is going to touch him.
2: I could see like um. I I agree like when I I read it it was terrifying me the idea of how the language they were using of like could play in at least six months or England and Netherlands are good options for someone because they essentially don't have a stringent laws surrounding the condition that he's got I think it could be like a coaching role like that's where I would go if I was Ericsson now like you would take on like a coaching role or something like that. He's
1: going to get the sympathy coaching role for sure
2: like an honorary Inter or Denmark coach, I guess.
1: No, but he's going to get the sympathy coaching role from someone, or he's going to get the sympathy media hire. Christian Eriksen is in the Sky Sports studios immediately.
0: Well, yeah, you're right in calling them sympathy hires because of the situation, but it doesn't mean – I mean, he was a very good player – and um, he probably could be a really good coach or a really good pundit, you know? Like He could be. <laughs> it's not like he, he was sh- a shit player. In no. like a, You know.
1: He doesn't strike me as a player who'd be an amazing pundit. And he wasn't, when you do hear teammates, when they do that thing of, oh, which one of our teammates do we think is going to be a coach or a manager in the future? Christian Erickson was never brought up. So then yeah. that doesn't mean anything because plenty of people are never He's- brought up and then turn into great coaches. But... He's no Roy Kent. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's starting to bother me a bit. But yeah. But yeah, no. Um. Yeah, no. I mean, who knows? I can't.
0: We're twelve I months? I could from, never do it.
1: There's probably twelve months from now we we won't even have professional sports just from the the mental health risks of competing. So got Ben Stokes out now too. <laughs> oh yeah. So you have.
2: I tell you what, if Christian Eriksson comes back on the pitch, that is that is mental toughness.
1: <laughs> this should be his and this isn't me trolling and this isn't me also I'm not I'm not trying to downplay the significance of uh, mental health issues either, but I would love it if his spin was now my heart's fine and I could totally play again and tons of clubs want me. I'm stepping away from the game for mental health reasons just to kind of push it away. Just like, let's all forget that I basically died on the pitch, just processing some things right now.
0: His net worth is 25 million. You figure he instantly has a book deal and some sort of Netflix documentary deal that'll push that up at least another 5 million, 10 million. So you're looking at 30 to 35 million. Just don't play anymore man it's not worth it
1: <laughs> well i mean it's worth saying right if it, if an online website says his, his net worth 25 million his net worth probably like 15 million but
0: 15 million it's not worth it man
1: <laughs> i mean it depends i think if it were you and by that i mean you know me i think i could understand how you could get to the point <laughs> where you were as in when i'm saying you as in who either either of you or myself or whoever's listening
0: Not specifically me. Yeah,
1: not specific fr- not specifically Frank. I could understand how if you had doctors sign off, if you spoke to your medical team and they said, Look, the risk of this happening again is slim to none. I can understand as a person saying, Okay, then I'll do it. Because it's amazing to play professional football and the risk is not huge. And I'm, you know, you, you could probably have a doctor who says, look, the risk is one in 10 million that this happens again. And then you'd start processing, well, how often do I put myself at risk of, you know, dying with odds of one in 10 million? And you know what? Okay, I'll do it. I could see how he would be willing to. I don't know how your family would be. That would be Tough hard to tell if you know his parents or his wife or his children you know i know that there's a risk here but i just really want to kick a ball
2: yeah as a family like why would you ever want to entertain
1: the idea of it potentially repeating itself but look a lot of people do a lot more riskier a lot riskier things for a lot less money so you know let's also not pretend that You know, people make much tougher decisions. And again, this ties back into this mental health argument a little bit for me, which I don't want to dive back into after the long previous discussion on the last episode. But, uh, you know, we are treating sometimes professional athletes as if they are doing the most dangerous and most challenging jobs in the world and that they aren't just playing kids games for a living.
0: So I guess on a a lighter note, to end it, going back to the Olympics, did you see in the equestrian that there was a a statue of a sumo wrestler right next to one of the jumps and supposedly had spooked several of the horses and that they had pulled up and people were complaining that it was costing them medals because there was just this... The sumo wrestler just posed out in this massive statue next to one of the jumps. I thought that was pretty funny. Are, are, the,
2: are the events meant to be in the same place? Or like, why was there a sumo wrestler stand right next to where like the eventing was going or whatever it
0: was? I think it was just supposed to create like an atmosphere, like almost like a decoration within the ring, right? Question ring. I'm assuming maybe there was all different types of Japanese history and culture things within the ring. But when you look at the picture, it's pretty funny because it's right where the horse is going to land. There's just, it looks like a giant person's going to jump on them. <laughs> like if I were a horse, I also wouldn't take that jump.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sam, didn't, didn't you have a quiz for us?
2: Yeah. I did. Yeah, you want it. Um, I mean, <laughs> you want a little quiz?
1: If it's wow. if it great, e-
0: great podcasting here.
1: <laughs> Why?
2: No, no, no. It was so just do you a have a quiz. quiz.
0: Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe there's a better. <laughs> do you want the something? content?
1: <laughs>
2: the content. The content. I'm really worrying. Just
1: so good. Well, I'm very. I'm growing increasingly concerned that participating in this podcast is speaking of mental health, but just. Really bad for the co-hosts' mental capacities, and I mean Frank was already on a downward spiral before we started doing this. But Sam, I mean, I mean maybe Sam's just got wrong. the
0: the COVID brain fuzz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe it's true. long
2: COVID. Maybe this is long COVID.
1: Well, it wouldn't be long. You, oh, had we... it, you had it two weeks ago, Sam. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't even register as long COVID
0: yet. Maybe he's had it multiple times. He doesn't even know. Yeah. He would Maybe deny it just... just like he denies COVID.
1: Oh, yeah. That's actually that's a question I had for you, Sam, because I know you don't really believe in COVID, even though you got it. And I know that you're not fully vaccinated. Who knows when you'll be willing to do that. But uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, wow, anything else you want to throw? Into <laughs> yeah, keep it coming. It's, you
1: know, it's not like UK you're going to stop. The UK is throwing out some incentives for young people to get vaccinated. And I didn't know, A, is that maybe going to change your mind and you're going to get the jab now that they're offering you some freebies? And B, which one of the freebies tempts you more? Because I know that there's the possibility of kebabs. There's some pints, I think, cinema tickets. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, do so. I count
0: as young? <laughs> That's probably my problem these days. That was going to be my thing. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Does I think you probably do. I think you probably do. All right
2: what are they i actually don't know about this i I I mean my my second jab's in like just over a week so if i can somehow get an incentive for it why not
1: (laughs) so the incentives are you're gonna have restaurants free things from restaurants coupon well, vouchers for ride hailing apps and food delivery services. So I guess it's Deliveroo and Uber Eats are offering uh, some incentives to help people get vaccinated.
2: Probably get that to do like one of the McDonald's eating challenges that we've always highlighted. So, you know, celebrate my double vaccination by... Going to town on my body, basically. Oh, speaking
0: of which, um, Ollie, <laughs> Sam, miss... Sam, I don't want to know about you going to town on your body, <laughs> celebrating <laughs> your vaccination.
1: I think that's how you got the virus. But <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of that, one of the eating challenges before, maybe while I'm saying this, Sam, have you found this quiz, this famous quiz? Yeah, well, okay. famous. <laughs> it's Bye. I got it. A- um. One of our listeners, who also participates in some of our challenges, Ollie, who's been making repeated calls for recognition over the fact that he won the our Euros fantasy football league, which is great. Congratulations, Ollie! Pride's on the way.
0: Nice job, Ollie. Yeah, great job. Well done.
1: However, you know, there's good and there's bad with everything, and he then declared that he thought he could easily conquer that McDonald's eating challenge that you threw out the other a couple of episodes ago, Frank. Wow. That day, after listening to the episode, was so motivated that <laughs> it made him want some McDonald's. So he went to a McDonald's and he ordered a, a burger meal and it was one some of the quarter
2: pounders. And 20 nuggets. nuggets.
1: And I think that's it. Yeah.
2: I don't even think it was 20 nuggets.
1: I think it was. I 20. think he ordered
2: like the nine or something like
0: that. But, but wasn't the challenge four quarter pounders? Yeah, but I think he was forty he was nuggets. Just, he was just testing he was,
1: the he was testing the waters,
0: and okay. having gone into
1: it saying that he think he thought he could do it easily, he immediately withdrew his his entry.
0: <laughs> he didn't finish what he had. Oh my god! So Ollie.
1: Congratulations on winning the Euro Fantasy League. Commiserations on embarrassing yourself in a McDonald's.
2: <laughs> you guys up for a quiz?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. Oh, a quiz? Okay. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's
2: not. It's not
0: really a quiz.
2: It's a uh, higher. It's a higher or lower. It's not a quiz. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so. It's an Olympic one, and all it is, is talking about people's records or medal halls or something like that, and whether it's higher or lower than something else. So, for uh, example. Hold
1: on. No, but before we get into this, are we alternating here? Do we both guess higher or lower? How do you want us to do this?
2: I think we, what we'll say is we'll both guess on the same one, higher or lower. And Okay, then yeah, we I can actually, the
1: Frank's right, we can, you say three, two, one. And we can add to that. I mean, we're an audio podcast. We can't rely on thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> we'll just take a gentleman's agreement that what, what you've given me. I'll Daniel Levy, Frank. Oh, that sounds,
2: sounds horrible. All right. So we'll, we'll start it off, right? So um, Brazil's Thiago Braz da Silva won a shot gold and set a new Olympic record in the men's pole vault in Rio. Did he jump higher or lower than the height of a double-decker bus?
1: I'm going higher. I'm going higher as well. He jumped
2: higher. So a double-decker bus is 4.38 me- meters high, and he jumped 6.03. So That's, that's
0: pretty, even close. Pretty good. One and a Michael half double-deckers. For- a triple-decker,
2: so, one would say. A triple-decker <laughs> bus. He smashed a triple-decker bus. Um, Michael Phelps has won 23 Olympic gold medals. Is this higher or lower than the number of gold medals won by Great Britain's Bradley Wiggins, Chris Hoy, and Jason Kenny combined?
0: I'm going to say Phelps is higher. That was worded strangely. but um,
1: So I think... Kenny's on seven now. I think Hoy is on six. So I'm going to say Phelps is higher, but maybe by, I think it might be seven, seven. I think they're on 20 or 21. I think, but Phelps is higher.
2: Phelps is higher. So yeah, 23. So, but it's it's close. Obviously, they've added a couple now as well. So it's wait. I thought
1: Phelps had twenty three.
2: Yeah, Phelps has twenty three.
1: Yeah, how many do they have?
2: And then, well, the rest combined have seventeen. But then I've realized that it hasn't taken into account today's okay, haulage. Yeah. So, but it's whoa, still. Whoa!
0: Spoiler alert. <laughs> wait, what's the NBC spoiler? primetime coverage? <laughs> all right, I shut off next... all Olympic news until Mike Tirico tells me what happens.
2: In 2016, Neymar scored the fastest goal in Olympic football history. But was Good it shot. quicker than Usain Bolt's 100-meter Olympic record?
0: So what, what? what is higher or lower than what? <laughs> you asked a yes or no question. <laughs>
1: so if, if Neymar's is higher, it's quicker, I guess. And if it's lower, it's slower. Is this what you're saying?
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying.
1: No, if it's higher, it's slower. If it's lower, it's quicker. Because it's the number. Why
0: don't we just go back to the yes or no? Maybe that's why I asked that. No, no, so, so, you know, did he, you know, did he... Was Neymar's goal quicker, yes or no? Yeah. (laughs) Let's just go with that. Neymar's goal was not quicker than Usain Bolt. No.
1: I'm going to say no as well. I think Neymar's goal was in 11 seconds.
2: Uh, You're both right to go... Neymar's goal was higher. Christ, now I'm confused. But Neymar scored after 14, and Usain Bolt's record is 9.63. Nine.
1: Is that it? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Just a at the bomb. Olympics.
2: At the Olympics. Is the distance of the marathon longer or shorter than the distance of the triathlon swim, cycle, and run combined?
1: Ooh, good one. Say it again.
2: At the Olympics, is the distance of a marathon longer or shorter than the distance of the triathlon swim, cycle, and run combined?
0: Um, the marathon is longer. Oh wait, no, I'm gonna switch it up. Are you allowing the marathon switch? is shorter?
2: Oh, I'm not sure. Are we allowing a switch?
1: You're the you're in charge. Mm.
0: You didn't ask final answer. <laughs> well, I have not. So who wants to
1: all, be a million? <laughs> all the time? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. It's shorter because I think that they bike. Forty kilometers, I think. So they don't run, they don't swim. They run far.
0: five, I think. And I think they swim. fifteen hundred miles, I think. They swim a mile. Yeah, I think it's. They 1500 run meters, like yeah. F- three and a half. It's pretty
1: close then. Well, it's pretty close. If my <laughs> math is, if I'm right, because then it's because what is a what is a marathon in kilometers? Forty six. How far is in
0: 26.3 times
1: 1.6? Okay. All right. So it's in. Okay. Then. Okay. I'm going over. The triathlon is longer. I feel very comfortable now. The triathlon
2: is long. Okay. So a mile. Uh, sorry, a marathon is 26.2 miles, and the combined triathlon is 32. So the triathlon is nice. quite a bit longer, actually.
0: It's pretty good. It's the bike that gets it.
2: Next one. Is the men's Olympic javelin record longer or shorter than 100 meters?
1: Okay, I got to think back to my Beijing 2008 video game achievements. And I think I know what my... What a game. I think I know what my record was. Okay, that's not the question. No, but it gives me an indication of how far I think people throw it, right? Because I can remember... Can you remember your record of Beijing? I think I can, roughly. But I'm not going to say it now because I need Frank to give his answer before I throw my specific number into the ring.
0: I'm going to go, it's over 100.
1: This is Olympic record?
0: Yes, the the Olympic javelin record. Oh, Oh, the Olympic record. I'll go. No, no, that <laughs> oh, makes I'm not sure.
2: I think you've, I no, think it definitely Eddie's makes a difference. question has made
0: you lead, but. No, well, I'm going to go under.
1: I'm going to go under, but not by much. I'm tempted to go over. I can remember throwing like 103, 104 in the javelin on Beijing. So part of me wants to feel like Javelin was not a great event for me on the video game. And I don't think I was smashing it.
0: And is this the old Javelin or the new Javelin? Uh, what? What? They changed it in like the 80s. No. Well, I
1: probably if new is post-80s, then probably new. <laughs> I'm going to call it the new me. Been new since 87. Um. I'll go under, but I don't love it.
2: Well, you've got to learn to love it because it's correct. All right. What is it? So it's 98.48. So again, quite a bit below. So, okay. Next one. Is the length of a single skulls boat longer or shorter than the women's Olympic long jump record? Say it again. Is the length of a single skull's boat longer or shorter than the women's Olympic long jump record?
0: Now what's a skull? <laughs> it's, it's a good start. It's <laughs> one of the like
1: It's when you you small... have No, it's when you're you've got double o, double the oars. When you're you got an oar on both sides versus uh right. Yeah. Um.
0: I'll say it the boat is shorter.
1: I'll say the boat's longer.
2: Oh, is that the first division?
1: I think that's yeah, I think the so. first
2: division. Oh, it's going to matter then. So uh, remind me. So Frank, you're going longer. Sh- short. The boat is <laughs> shorter. You're going shorter and Eddie's I'm going, going longer.
1: longer. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, a Skull's boat is 8.2 meters long. Oh, this is close. And the Olympic long jump record is seven point four. Yes. yes, damn it! <laughs> yes. Set in nineteen eighty-eight in Seoul. And that's the quiz. So you oh, have just lost it quiz. right at oh, oh, the oh, end. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Come on!
1: I feel like an Olympic
0: champion. If, if this were the height, how about Eddie? Said, oh, how hey, about we just split call it. it even and we split the gold? Now, would you, you, Eddie,
2: would you have taken the split or would you have gone for the final question?
1: Oh, if you, oh, I would have gone, for, there's no stakes. I would have gone for the final question. Oh,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> now, here's the other thing, just as my quick final note on my Olympic viewing. Watched quite a bit of the volleyball over the last couple of days. Which one? Uh,
2: the one with the gray outfits? Not beach, beach
1: or not indoor? Be, indoor. Never see a sport where people s- celebrate every point more than in volleyball. Literally every point finishes, and they—you would think they just won the Olympic gold medal.
0: Fencing is pretty close.
1: No, I know you did, but there they're trying. There's a purpose to it, right? We discussed this before, where you're yeah. trying to like sell the fact that you've won. With uh, volleyball, there's there's no payoff for you're right literally they they the score will be 2-1 in the first set and they also the interesting thing about volleyball and i know people who are really into volleyball are gonna i say i'm an idiot for saying this found it a little bit dull they're
0: tall <laughs> yeah very tall <laughs> can jump pretty high too
1: but found it pretty dull because it's sort of the opposite of tennis where it's a disadvantage to serve because you serve, then they set themselves up for a smash. And most of the time, that's the end of the point. It's not thrilling to watch.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, because it's every point they score, they even not only do they just celebrate, they then huddle as well. And like, huddle celebrate and then break out again.
1: Yes. And tactic. Let's do that again, guys. (laughs)
2: same again, same again, more of the same (laughs)
1: yeah, more of the smashing and more of the blocking smashing please basically the only two ways we can win points alright, anything else uh, to discuss
0: I think that about wraps it up talk to you boys later see you cheer go.